Segunda Show. Holy shit, Snacks. This is Pam from Archer, and you're listening to Radio 8-Ball. Welcome to Radio 8-Ball. Give us a shake. We're in the studio tempting fate. Wherever you are, putting questions to the songs which we will randomly select here. With the help of our friend Synchronicity, and now it's time for Radio Ball. Give us a shake. It's the Radio Ball Show. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I am and have been your host, Andras Jones, for seven musical divinations with the fabulous Sarah Wheeler. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, you're welcome for being happy. And I'm... It's been a pleasure having you here with your with your friends. You've curated a wonderful show, brought in a lot of exciting people who I'm looking forward to finding out more about as I research them for the edit, mm-hmm. um, for putting all the stuff out. And now we're at the point where we get to your question. We know what the last answer is going to be. It is song number three, the last song left on the board. And it is, song, it is a song that I have been pronouncing in a funny voice because it makes me want to say monstrous <laughs> he's a song called monstrous he did the monstrous mash no it is monstrous it's very classy I'm sorry very cl- no I loved it <laughs> <laughs> it is monstrous mm-hmm. and uh, that is going to, I will find out more about the song after we hear it so I'm not going to go into talking about it. We'll just... Paper fetishists, get ready. Here it comes. We're opening up the question. Oh, you know you don't want it to stop, but it has to eventually. Sarah's question. How can I define and align with my purpose as an artist? Once again, how can I define and align with my purpose as an artist? And the answer, song number three, Monstrous. I'm gonna shake, shake, shake the leaves out of every tree. I'm gonna make, make, make you walk. Like a zombie I'm gonna cry, cry, cry all night Like a hurricane You can't stop, stop, stop me now From eating your brain I'm a tiger out of its cage Point to the map, pick any page Ready to rumble, ready to rage Cause I got outrage, I got outrage I'm a brain Eater, you know I never wear a wife beater. Conquer any kind of terrain, mountains, valleys, plains. You know I always be a jeepster, a jeepster, yeah, yeah. 
stress. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I am my mom's stress. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna shake, shake, shake the leaves out of every tree. I'm gonna make, make, make you walk like a zombie. I'm gonna cry, cry, cry all night like a hurricane. You can't stop, stop, stop me now from eating your brain. I got it all, just as a senpai's ready to fall. Old thoughts, old minds, gonna get no fiction. We got truth in our hearts, all that got is fan fiction. Come on, shake your tail feathers, let your freak flag fly. We can't sleepwalk any longer once we've opened our eyes. Yeah, I, I am my own stress. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ready to fall, old thoughts, old minds gonna get an eviction. We got truth in our hearts, all the odds, man. Give me come on. Shake your tail, feathers, let your feet flag fly. We can't sleepwalk any longer once we've opened our eyes. Yeah. I, I am, I'm on stress. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I am, I'm on stress. Yeah, yeah. Monstrous, the answer to Sarah's own question, which is, how can I define and align with my purpose as an artist? And I should say that I pronounced it a monstrous, M-O-N-S-T-R-O-U-S, but I realized that it is spelled monstrous, like mistress, but with monster, M-O-N-S-T-R-E-S-S. Like a female monster. Yeah, and I don't want to. That that's I liked. I've loved everything, but that was my favorite thing I've heard tonight. Yeah, that was. I loved that. I really that 
got in my bones. Oh. It was really good. This is a brand new song. It's only been performed twice live. Isn't it nice when the new ones are the best? Yes. I don't say best, but getting yeah. a reaction. I like that. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm, I'm excited about this song, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell so it's 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 a new one. Mm-hmm. What are the new ones? So horses was new. Most and- of these are new, but this is brand brand new. All, all all of all of them are new except for wake up, perfect game, open up your heart. So half of them are new. Yeah, only three of them are, and the and those ones are still fairly yeah fairly right. New. Yeah. So what uh, what inspired that song? Um. Well, the whole, I think it's kind of inspired by the Me Too movement and by the, you know, the movement for, um, you know, the feminist movement and, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, the title is actually from a book of short stories that I was reading. I wish I could remember the name of the author right now, but I think that they're, uh, an author from the... It's different short stories by different authors, I think. Anyway, it was a long time ago that I read the book, but um, the idea stuck in my mind for a long time. And I actually <laughs> I actually wanted to... I started a band with some friends, just like a easygoing kind of band that played at my friend's wedding that we were going to call Monstrous. And anyway, it just... I, the idea of Monstrous just never went away. So I was like, ah, oh, I'm just going to... I'm going to write a song... Um, or a song about it, and uh, and it it's it's I usually don't. It's got a couple of raps in it as well. <laughs> like I usually don't don't um, venture into that territory. But um, I think that uh, it's just it's just the way that it all shook out. I I I think it's just a time period now to um, to shake off the old and uh, come into the new. Well, that seems like it's very much in alignment with your question. Mm. The question, how can I define, well, I guess what it means for me, but what does that question mean for you? you, How can I define and align with my purpose as an artist? Mm. Well, I think I'm, I'm, I've been very interested in, um, why people make art and music and how they do it now um, instead of just um, the making of it. So uh, that's something that's been interesting to me since I was a little kid. Like growing up, like I was really, my favorite musician was John Lennon. And John Lennon is... You know, everyone everyone knows who he is, but the, the the thing that I found inspirational about him was the fact that he actually used his fame to put out a message, and um, I think he's significant for that reason. I mean, he was also like one of the first you know people in an interracial marriage that. I mean, still, it's cool to shit on Yoko Ono, even though, like, not, I don't know why. Not around me. No, I, I am. I'm. I think that is has all of its background in racism and sexism. So I, I'm, yeah. I, I think, and I think she was misunderstood as an artist and diddly dee. I think there's another. There's one other piece of it, which is that she is, like, it's the thing that made John love her. Like she's. 
she's smarter than a lot of the people who judge her and she's doing I don't want to say genius because I don't like to use that word, but she's doing high art. And so it gets, I think people just. In a pop culture. Yeah, the people just missed it. And then obviously the racism and the sexism played into it. There's a a ton of that. But I think there's also this other piece of that she's also like, she's his equal as an artist and, but not at all like John Lennon. I've talked a lot about double fantasy about like when I was a kid and I, well, when I was a kid, I hated, I, I didn't hate it. I just would. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Yeah, I would kiss just I would just skip all the Yoko songs. <laughs> yeah. And now it's as terrifying. an adult, now when I listen to it and I hear the Yoko song, I can't imagine that record without Yoko. And I actually feel like that's the record where she gets where John gets to be Paul. Because mm. she is the one doing the scary, dangerous Strident mu- stuff work. Mm. And he's doing the beautiful pop songs. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I've grown to love that record for that reason. But it's, I always want to point, like, I always think about that as like her as an artist, as like a very, so anyway, and that's part of what makes her difficult. Like she's doing, it's not an easy, go to see a Yoko show and she's like, ah, for 20 minutes, it's impressive, <laughs> but it would also be like a little bit like, whoa. But she inspired him, in my opinion, to create his best work and like I think some of his best work is actually after the Beatles. Um, he would agree. Yeah, and I think that um, she, she, the thing that I, so Yoko Ono is significant for her own works and stuff like that. But what really resonated with me was like she just she remained completely positive, regardless of the fact that the entire world like hated her. I remember like reading what she wrote when when so when linda mccartney passed away uh she wrote something in rolling stone magazine that was that was to paul about um about you know just his loss basically and uh i think that you know those people had some pretty amazingly charmed lives but i think that they actually my my take on those relationships is it seemed like both those relationships were for real like they really loved their partners and they um they were significant because their experience of life was so like uncommon and not very many people really understood their like their wild lives and so their partners were important to them and yoko's letter was so positive and i just think in a lot of of her output yes her sonic output is strident but a lot of her output like if you read grapefruit and Mm -hmm. whatever it's very it's very positive and it has consistently been so and i'm sure she walks down the street and gets you know, crappy vibes from people like every day (laughs) just because it's been canonized that you can shit on her. I mean, on Facebook to this day, I know young people that I, I, I just about lost my shiznizzles on in on Facebook because they're, they're young musicians and they, and they're crapping on her just because that's what everyone does. And they're not thinking about why it's been done. And that kind of gets under my skin. Speaking of monstrous, Mm. Well, because it feels like Paul is a, another version of that same thing. Like it's maybe less so now. 
he feels like, and maybe it's just the community that I live in that it's less so now, but it feels like through most of my life, people have been shitting on Paul McCartney and Yoko Ono. Hmm. And it's, it's like, what kind of, what kind of a, and I mean, I put quotes around it, monster, because a monster isn't like necessarily an evil thing. It's just that you're an, a different kind of thing. And what kind of monster is it to be John Lennon to know that the people who are closest to you, the people who have been your closest loves and partners in life, that by comparison to you, the people who love you tear them down. And, you know, that people who love John or love the Beatles are tearing down Yoko Ono. Mm. People who love John are tearing down Paul McCartney because he's not John Lennon. And that's such a, it's always so weird to me, the dynamic of you're, you're in a band together, but I have to choose a favorite one. So I hate the other one that people will do that. And I'm like, how can you, like, you're just, so you, it's not Yoko who's breaking up the Beatles. It's you, mm-hmm. right? You and needing to like pet, you know, prepare them off against each other. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just thinking of the idea. Yeah. There's a, uh, this is going to sound like a very, I'm going to brag. It's because it's a cool Hit thing. It. Uh, I had a friend who was working with Kurt Vonnegut when he was still alive. And I, the guitar I learned to play on, I was going to retire it because I got a new guitar. And I was like, could you get Kurt Vonnegut to sign this guitar? And so we took it to him and he did this beautiful, he did the Vonnegut yeah. face on the guitar and did it. Yeah. And then he said, you know, I've always, and he suggested a song title. It's like, I always thought it would be a, an interesting to write, to write something about the hopeful monsters. And the hopeful monsters are the, gene, the gen, genetic mutations that might save us. They're like our own, the way that, the idea that uh, the way we pollute the world might create these hopeful monsters. And then, of course, now that is almost cliche because that's the underpinning of all of the superhero movies is like some form of mutation. But it made me think about like when you talk about monsters and monstress, like the idea of the hopeful monster, the hopeful monstress. Hmm. I don't know, something to think I about. I like that. it. And also just like the idea of the monster of monsters as as being like um kind of an extension of our uncontrolled like emotions basically that are that are not our emotions are not really within our control like we're wild animals and um we don't we forget that and it it's um it's kind of like a personification of your of your darkness that that can sometimes be your power because Mm -hmm. you know like the symbol of the dragon in our culture is like something that can just it's all powerful and move through, move through any obstacle. And maybe like sometimes the things that are your, your darkness are actually your light. Like I was, you know, when I talk to like little kids about music, like, uh, and I always say, you know, the, the thing that makes you weird in real life makes you awesome in the arts. Like it makes you, it's it, the taking the risk of being your real self in a public forum is what the essence of real rock and roll is. Because I think that anyone who stands on a stage 
and really takes an emotional risk, that's what we relate to because mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter whether we stylistically like what they're doing. Like I've been to many concerts where I was like, I don't even know if I want to see this. And then you watch the show and it's some band that you think is super cheese baggy. And then you realize, Oh, this is why they're big. Like it's because there's that, there's that thing that like defies yep. genre that, that everyone can understand and on an animalistic level when they see it actually happening in real life, but not very, you know, it's quite rare. It's very rare for people to take the ultimate risk with their personal selves. What do you think about the word stress in monstrous? Like it does, like it feels like distress. This. I feel like the monstrous isn't really about s a stressful thing. It's more like the the ultimate power of like the female. Like it's right. it's like the throwing off of the shackles of of you know the 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 things that that we're still living in a world where yeah. race and gender and all these things are, you know, coming up for us now. And it's about like moving past those boundaries and borders and walls and ideas that you have about other people when you meet them. Right. And I think that, um, it's just the power of that and the joy of that. So I'm just, I, I want to, dig a little bit deeper. Hmm. So when you say that the monstrous is the throwing off of the shackles, that just to me doesn't resonate as the monster because that's just someone being freed. Whereas I think of the monster as the one who then starts going and pulling shackles off of the rest of like it's, the monster, in that sense, is the is more like the libera the liberator of others. Like once you've liberated yourself, then I mean you could also attack the the thing that was caged that was caging you, or liberate or and that attack could be by ripping the shackles off of others. But I feel like the the we call it a monster because it threatens us, right? And you could say that just saying I'm free is a threat and to certain people I'm sure to some people it is but when I think of the power of the monstrous I feel like it's it's like it has more of a I don't know like an aggressive or a like I'm like I'm coming to get the monster's coming to get me or the monster's coming to get you that's when we hear the monster it's we don't say oh the monster is just off frolicking in the fields then it would just be an animal right be but when it's when it attack when it's a mo it's a monster because it's coming to get me in the night or mm -hmm. you know so I think this is talking though I, I totally get what you're saying but I think this is talking because in this in this particular song yeah it's saying I am a monstrous so yeah. it's like I'm the monster right. coming I'm the one who's I'm coming to get you or or I am um, I'm not gonna be afraid of my darkness I'm not gonna be afraid of my my demons I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to break free of that. But the thing is, is, in reality, we're we're always working through our fears. Like we're always, right. you know, like 
I am a queer artist. I, every single, like every single day you're coming out to somebody new. Then Mm -hmm. I got cancer. Being queer was like a huge gift because I learned from the experience of being queer that talking about things that people are uncomfortable about talking about actually creates um, a oneness with other people because everyone has challenges in their lives. And I'm not harping on my challenges Mm -hmm. because I'm like, ooh, I went through this and that. It's because I think that, like, it's important to talk about our challenges because everybody has challenges. You've talked about some of them Mm -hmm. in this podcast. And I think it brings people together and makes them feel like they're not alone. And I think that that is... I, I think that to bring it around back around to my question, I think yeah. I think that um, I the thing that really you know m- inspires me is connectivity, and that's what I think that's was the message of John Lennon. That was you know that was something more than the music, and I think that is something that I aspire to in my life mm-hmm. and in my art and who knows whether I'll ever achieve it, but it's, it's a goal to work towards is breaking past. So when I say like, yeah, I had to come out all the time. I have to talk about cancer. And it's, it's scary every time, Yeah, but you get better at it. And it's scary to put your art out there every time. You only know, talk to some musicians and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, I don't ever get nervous. That's bullshit. It's either bullshit, they're lying, or they're not actually challenging themselves to ride on the edge of the line of 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 being an artist. Because like mm-hmm. Nina Simone says, like you know the 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 most the job of the vo- the whole the 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 vocation or the job of the artist is to reflect back the culture to itself. And generally, the people yeah. that are able to do that are outsiders, and they're never the insider. You know. That's what we find interesting about Bob Dylan. He's never really mm-hmm. the insider, you know, and it's 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 that. So so the monstrous piece is not just um, you never get to the place where you don't feel the fear. Mm-hmm. If you're there, then you're not riding the edge and you're not doing your job. It's almost like you're the monster has to scare you have to scare yourself. You have to be it. And you have to not be afraid of your darkness. You have to push through your darkness. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's some lines, and like the lines, like "I'm a tiger out of its cage, ready to rumble, ready to rage. I'm a brain eater. <laughs> I'm a conqueror of terrain. It's you know, it's, it's like it's Walt tough, Whitman, isn't it? It's a tough song. It's right. It's it's. <laughs> Ah, you know, Walt Whitman was good for his time, but he was, he was no monstrous. Exactly, exactly. So I guess if it was my question, if I was asking how can – and I guess I am. How can I define and align with my purpose as an artist if this was my answer? Mm. I would think that it is about allowing allowing even more fierceness to color my work, to – to be willing to reveal the parts of myself that are not nice and that are not kind or polite, that are that are unapologetic and are 
hungry and that it, that's that's angry and that is seeking brains. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Oh, that was good. Okay. So, yeah, so that's 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 what that's what I would take out of it. It was my yeah. question. Um Cool. But it's but mostly I love I love that's a new song and I and I just I really I love I love fast dialogue. Yeah. It makes me very happy. Yes. So that all yes. that on top of itself itself is fantastic. It's just a fun song that, you know I don't know, I just yeah, I'm feeling it too lately. Good. Yeah. So well we're uh we're about at the end of this thing, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I've oh. I've had such a blast getting to know you through this and hanging out with you. This has been a real honor. Oh, it's been it's been mine. And I have to say it's was it was I I love all of the guests. I love all of the guests we have on the show. But sometimes I get to work with someone in the creation of the show who takes it on enthusiastically. It just is very seems like they're very happy to be there and doing all of it like your version of the theme song just like you're just so game to play and every, and then coming out and asking a question on ford's show uh i what i hope in those cases is that the people who put themselves into it that way get even more out of it that that means that you're the experience for you of listening to this and that's my now it's gonna be my job. I'm gonna take these tracks and I'm gonna go and isolate into my little cubby hole and edit and edit and edit. And this is gonna this ritual is gonna stay very alive for me until the day it comes out. So all of these things, the coin doesn't really drop until the day of. And sometimes I am looking forward to that experience. <laughs> sometimes I'm dreading that experience. With this one, I'm so looking forward to that experience. Aww. So, uh, and I think this, some of this episode at least is going to be coming out the last week of May and you have a show coming up in the last do, week of May. I do. I am playing at Lupolo, which is a award-winning craft brewery run by some friends of mine in uh, East Van. Um, come on out. Jules will be playing. And uh, it's, yeah, I'm playing arts, the Artswell Festival this, this summer. I just played at the Junos just recently. Here's where I plug. But anyway. Um, plug yeah. a plug away. Yeah, I just, uh, I'm playing at the Wise Hall next week, which is uh, May 10th. Maybe this will be coming out after that, though. That's where I, that's where I first saw Veda Hilly. Oh, yeah. Veda Hilly and Dan Byrne and... Oh, Zolti Cracker. Oh, wow. That's old school. I, <laughs> yeah. I play in a band with Annie from Zolti Cracker. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's some fun sync. Yeah, yeah. Cunt. She, she's she's a cunt. cunt? She's a cunt. You know, I like it. I've gotten to the point, you know, I. you never know where when it's appropriate to use that word. Well, it but is when today. you're talking about that band, absolutely. <laughs> you got to use it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, yeah, I'm, um, I'm just... So happy to have been a part of this. Thank you so very much, Andras. Lovely to meet you. Well, thank you, Sarah. And thanks to all your friends for joining us. Thanks. Thanks, Joey. To our engineer, Joey, and the folks here at Blue Light. We love it here. I'm going to be coming back and doing more shows in Vancouver. 
This is, I, I need I need more Vancouver in my oh, life. Oh, we'd love to have you. So if you're out there and you're listening, you're a Vancouver songwriter and you'd like to do one of these, I'd love to I'd love to talk about having you on. And Sarah, if you know any of your friends you think might like to join us, absolutely, that's great. And uh, to the listeners, I encourage you to please share the show with your friends who enjoy music and synchronicity. And if you feel like giving us good reviews, that. I'm sure that makes a that that that'll be good for your soul and good for ours as well. And you can always download our Radio Eight Ball app at the Google Play Store, and soon, maybe by the time you're listening to this from iTunes, it's an app where you can ask it a question and then shake it, and it'll randomly play one of the over 1,700 songs that have been played mm-hmm. in the history of Radio Eight Ball. Your songs will now be going into that, and get one of those as the as your randomly chosen answer to your question. If you like doing Radio Eight, if you love Radio Eight Ball, but you think I think I should be the host, now you can be the host of your own Radio Eight Ball show at home using the music we've recorded all the, over these many years. And with that said, thank you, Sarah. And until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine tingling synchronicities connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. Show. <laughs>